You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. What's up? And welcome in. You're listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app with open phone lines for you. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. That's telephone number. Hit me up on Instagram, IGJHood, the station at ESPN underscore Chicago. Hope all is well with you and your family throughout this time of COVID-19. Remember, we are alone together. I'm here to provide a distraction for you between now and 10 o'clock, as I always do here on Under the Hood. Change. Change sometimes can be something that you fear because it gets you out of the norm. Sometimes change could be a really, really good thing. And the Bulls have made a change. The Bulls have a new face in the organization, and I'm happy for the team, and I'm happy for Bulls Nation because you did it. You did it. All this consternation of what if and who could happen, what could happen here and what could happen there, you did it. Bulls Nation, you did it. You put up billboards. You showed indifference with TV and radio ratings. You no-showed at the United Center and asked for firings on First Take. When First Take was here with their television show at the All-Star Weekend, you said fire gar packs. And you said it loud for everyone to hear, not only in the city, but it was all over the country when people were watching First Take on ESPN. You said fire gar packs. You did it. Congratulations to you. It took almost two decades, but you, the Bulls fan, got what you want. Hashtag fire gar packs. You got exactly what you wanted, and you should be applauded for that because that's a lot of frustration. That's a lot of phone calls into this program and to ESPN 1000. As a lot of people on message boards and a lot of people on social media overall that all came together in one voice and said, fire gar packs, meaning that you're looking for something new. You're looking for change. And again, when you see the same thing, when it's second verse, same as the first, when you see the same thing over and over and over again, you want to see something different. As we have documented on this program, at some point, when you are looking at the Chicago Bulls team, you're saying, well, where's mine? When will we see the Bulls in a position where they can win championships again? Because ultimately, that's why we are in it as fans. We want to be able to see an organization be in the mix for the championship. And you take a look at the Bulls over the last five years with their 200-plus losses that they've had and the multiple coaches that they've had, and they have underachieved. They've underachieved. And so that's why you're looking for something different. And change is a good thing. But I will tell you this, that when it comes to the Bulls, this is almost like an episode of Hoarders. Have you ever seen Hoarders or like the worst Hoarders ever on one of these cable channels? When you watch Hoarders, I believe it's on A&E, when you are seeing the purple-haired old lady that doesn't know any better, and she has a lamp, 
and she's had that lamp for a long time. And the people that come in that want to be able to help this lady and help this family try to dig out from all of the debris, all of the garbage, all of the old things that should be removed. The purple haired lady says, no, don't get rid of that lamp. I've had it for years. Just put it in the key pile. Uh, Don't do that. I'm sure that Jerry Reinsdorf, who was part of this, is kind of like that purple-haired lady saying, I don't want change because that old lady on Hoarders, she doesn't want change either. But I'm sure Reinsdorf, because he's so loyal, because you got to write about that, you got to talk about his loyalty, it's great to have loyalty. But the thing is, when you lose, when you underachieve, when you don't get the brass ring, when you don't get the championship, or not even come, come close to it, when you become a laughingstock from coast to coast, from the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns and all these other teams in between, when you become a laughingstock, and talk about what used to be, that makes you irrelevant. And the Chicago Bulls in this city should not be irrelevant. It should not be a laughing stock. It should not be a place where it's like, oh, no way, I'm not going even close to Chicago. For some of these free agents, it's like the last ditch place to go. Some of these other teams, they'd love to be out west. They love to be in Texas and Florida for no state tax. They want to get a chance to win, but when they see our city, they realize they can't win. And so for Reinsdorf holding on to that old lamp, that old lamp in this conversation is John Paxson. That old box of records that you can't even play anymore. No, don't get rid of those old records. They're mine. I had them from since the 1960s. Don't get rid of those old records. And they're like, ma'am, they're smashed up and there's cat feces all over them. Why are you keeping those old? Oh, I want to keep them. Put them in the key pile. And so it becomes frustrating for the people trying to help the person. And in this case, it is someone new coming in for the Chicago Bulls, trying to be that person, trying to clean out the cat feces, trying to clean out the garbage and the ineptitude. Karnasovas is that guy now. He's the one that's trying to help get all those boxes on that trash out of the organization to give that house something new. And the house I'm talking about is the United Center. And the house I'm talking about is the Chicago Bulls. And you know from the one-loss record, from people laughing at Jim Boylan, looking at this team underachieved, not being in the top eight in a LeBronless East, that this Bulls team should be contending with the young core and getting a chance over and over and over again to restart the organization. It's not fair for you. It's not fair for me. If you have an emotional and financial investment in the team, you know that you need something better. And so for Reinsdorf, with the purple hair, not wanting to get rid of Pax and Gar, it's no surprise that we keep reading in certain circles around the NBA that Pax and Gar still will be around the organization in one way, shape, or form, even though Karnasovas is a new man in charge and someone else is coming to the organization as well. As we talk about the Bulls with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Karnasovas comes from Denver. And he's probably going to be in this position for 25 years. If, if it's the Reinsdorf way of loyalty, he will remain a constant at, for the Reinsdorf family for a long period of time. As I've been saying leading into the hire of Karnasovas, I'm hoping that he is the right guy that can keep the Bulls on the straight and narrow, that can bring fresh ideas 
get out away get away from all those boxes and all the trash and all those memories from the past. It's time to clean. Some of you have called me and say, Hood, they gotta clean house. They gotta clean the house. They gotta be able to do something different. Here's something different. Here's something new. Already, there are people that are skeptical about what Karnasovas can bring to the table. And I will tell you from my standpoint that you have to bring in fresh ideas and not bulls cronies to be able to run this organization. John Paxson was beloved as a player, as a broadcaster, as a coach. As soon as he got in that position, one of two guys in really in charge of the organization, one of two guys since 1985, it was the late Jerry Krause and John Paxson, two guys since 85 have been running this organization. One was able to bring a championship pedigree. The other one, not so much, clearly, with John Paxson. The point is, is that you have to get away from the Bulls' cronies. This job could have easily been given to Doug Collins. Reinsdorf loves Doug Collins, and Doug Collins is still around the organization. It clearly could have went to Doug Collins. But I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad it, he still might be around, but I'm glad it's not his show. It could have went to Pete Myers, bringing Pete Myers back into the mix. It could have been some other Bulls crony from the past. It's time for a new set of eyes, several set of eyes on the organization. I don't care what Bulls insiders will say. I still will be steadfast in the belief that Michael Reinsdorf was embarrassed. He was embarrassed this past February because All-Star Weekend was here. The pageantry, everything was here. The whole NBA community was here to be able to celebrate the great game of basketball. And it was in Chicago. And in places I was at for All-Star Weekend, they weren't talking about the Bulls. Anytime you brought up the Bulls, like, Psh, the Bulls. What? What about the Bulls? Because what has really been uh, the story about the Bulls as of late, especially post Derrick Rose? What has really been the story since Derrick Rose is no longer with the Bulls? There was a glimmer there in the Thibodeau regime. You remember that. It was a glimmer. But LeBron James was the hammer and the Bulls were the nail. Bulls were close, but they haven't been to the Eastern Conference Finals in 10 years. It makes the team irrelevant. You can look on one side of the ledger and say, look how successful they are because they're swimming in money and they're top five in attendance. Look how much money they're making. Look at the revenue that they're making. But what does that matter to you and I as fans? What does it matter that they're swimming in money and they got so much money and the revenue and they're so popular and they've got ad sales and they've got this and that? I couldn't care less. I don't care. You know what I care about? I care about the Bulls carrying me through the winter, spring, and maybe hopefully the summer in conversation about a team that's on the rise, a team that's relevant. For those that have a problem with the league, a lot of it is the deep-seated feeling that New York and Chicago are not relevant, that Detroit's not relevant. Those cities in particular are holding the Eastern Conference back from being what it could be. This league could have balance, but Chicago's been so bad, and the Knicks have been so bad, and Detroit has been so bad. Cleveland now, not very good after LeBron left. So what I like about this hire is that it's okay for something new. It's okay to be able to have a Karnasovas who has impeccable credentials. Let me go back to my text messages just for a second. Let me go back. 
because I'm going through my phone and I talked to several people. I talked about this yesterday, but I want to make sure that I'm quoting this properly. I asked several executives in the NBA that are in front offices about Karnasovas before the news broke late last night around 11 o'clock after we were off the air. And I'm just going to combine a couple of text messages together about Karnasovas. Strong resume. Worked in the league office for a number of years before joining Denver. Responsible for Jokic, Nurkic, and Murray draft picks. Strong international background. Well connected throughout the NBA. Mild-mannered. I would pick him. He grew up in Lithuanian basketball gyms with his father, who played professionally as well. He played college basketball under P.J. Carlissimo at Seton Hall. He had a very good career overseas, but the focus is, is that, is he a guy that can bring people together? Well, he was a finalist for a number of jobs to be a GM. And the other thing is, is that he was right there in the front office trying to put a Denver team together. Denver didn't win the championship under him, but the point is, is that it's a fresh set of eyes and a guy has a strong philosophy and a strong pedigree. That's the thing that, that really makes sense to me. You think about those draft picks. You think about Yurkic, Nurkic and Harris and Jokic um, and Jamal Murray and Malik Beasley and Michael Porter Jr. There's some value in those picks that he made, that he was part of. And my point is, is that I would rather have him who, number one, wants the job, didn't turn it down like several other people that was vying for the job. He wanted the job. And he interviewed a couple times for it. And he wanted the job. I like that he wanted it. Because he can look at this like other candidates and go, I'm not going to be part of this tire fire. No, 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 no. I'm not going to be part of this. I need to be my own man, and I'm going to be my own man, and I'm going to hire myself a general manager. We're going to work together, and we're going to clean up this town. We're going to clean up what the stench that has been Bulls basketball under Boylan and Gar and Pax. It's not personal. It's business. Because when I spend good money, when you spend good money, or when you spend the time to care about this team, you need and deserve a fresh set of eyes. The reason why that I don't hone in on the Bulls as much as I look at the entire league is because I need to look at the entire league to understand how good organizations are run. If you just watch one team, Bulls basketball, then you would think, well, you're supposed to have guys in place for 25 years, right? You're supposed to be under 500, right? You're supposed to have a lot of injuries, right? No, you're not. What you're supposed to do is to be able to draft well. You're supposed to have terrific free agents and also be a city and be a team that free agents want to come to. The idea that teams look at the Chicago and go, oh, is there anywhere else I can go? Can I go to Florida? Can I go to play for Orlando? Can I play for Miami? Can I, can I play for the San Antonio Spurs or Dallas? Can I, can I get no state tax in those places? Can I go someplace warm? Can I go someplace that treats their players right? That's the thing that you look at. Eric, let's go back in time and hear from Joe Cowley. He was on this program. I asked Joe about the big P word because this is what's been going on with the Bulls. Perception. It's horrible. I mean, that's why that's why you have to bring, you know, and, you know, I've said this name a couple times and, and wrote it last year. I thought they should have been in on Trajan Langdon last year. Um, and just to see when he came into town right before the All-Star break when, when the Pelicans came into town and, you know, he was at the shoot-around, just to see the way he carries himself, the way players come up to him, just kind of the, the – he just he just has that kind of it factor of, of yeah, I'm a GM, I'm, I'm in charge, but also – 
I get where these guys are coming from. I understand these guys. I mean, that's the kind of new voice they need. Um, you know, and I don't think it needs to be a person of color necessarily. That's not what I'm saying. But it needs to be someone that the, the, the players respect and understand and say, hey, you know what, when you're talking to me as a free agent, you're talking to me as a man, and I feel like you're talking to me as a man, and you're inviting me to this organization with open arms, and I can respect that. It's not, you know what, I feel like I'm at a used car lot with the, with a dirty used car salesman. And I think that far too often was the case. Um, and that's kind of the way the word spread around. And they, they have some, they have some damage control to do in this area. Don't, I mean, from, you know, if you go talk to people that know, you know, uh, Carlisle's in charge of the coaches association. And I think if you got him in a room by himself and talk to him about what's the perception that, that coaches, especially established coaches have of the bulls, it's bad because they just, the bulls just feel like, their coaches are commodities to be flipped and then a new one brought in and it's no big deal. The thoughts from Joe Cowley from the Chicago Sun-Times about the perception, the big P word when it comes to the Chicago Bulls. Says a lot, doesn't it? Used car salesman. Says a lot. Coming up, some things that Karnasovas has to be able to take a look at. There's some things that he needs to take a look at with this organization and change quickly. We will address that and take your calls. 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our phone number. The Bulls have made a change. Hashtag fire guard packs is a thing of the past. Now we look forward right here on UTH. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter at TweetJHood. Stephen A. mentioned get you some help. Paxson's built a couple winners in Chicago. Do you have confidence that, that your GM can can get you the help you need? Uh, they might speak differently, man, but, you know, I'm, I'm with the team, man. You know, I got I to gotta put the team first. <laughs> at table, man. I got I to gotta put the team first. But, uh, you know, it's just the situation we're in right now. Stop, 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 stop. I don't know why Molly and Stephen A. stopped them. That could have been the entire broadcast, Eric. Why stop them? You know, what, what do you, what do you, you're not going to silence Bulls fans. They've been saying this for years. Reinsdorf was off camera waving real hard. Cut. Cut scene. End scene. <laughs> Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Yeah, I mean, that was on first take during All-Star Weekend, and uh, Bulls fans were, were mad, and people heard it from coast to coast. They may not have heard fire guard packs before, but they saw it on first take, and rightfully so. As we talk about the Bulls, and they have a new man in place, a new basketball executive, Arturis Karnasovas. It's exciting because it's new, it's different. And I'm not going to guarantee you anything about what Karnasovas brings to the table for this Bulls team, but I know one thing, it's a different, it's a, it's going to be different from everyone I've talked to in Denver and around basketball circles. It's going to be different, and different is good. It's okay for change because the way things were going, when you take a look at the drafts for the Chicago Bulls, you take a look at um, just the, the lack of quality through free agency. You know, at some point, John was John Paxson just kind of like, you know, I can't help the perception. Well, the, well, it, already the waters were were sullied. Yeah, you, you, you can't help it because you're the face of it, and Gar was the face of it. And just the stories through locker rooms around the NBA and all that, it was uh, it's a major issue. So a new face could actually lure better free agents. A new face could actually be able to draft properly and be able to get quality in the draft. It, it, it matters because perception in this case, in every case, is reality. 
So now if you're a Karnasovis, you know, you got to hire yourself a general manager and there's a number of names that are out there. Um, one thing that I'm sure is in the back of your mind, if not, I'm going to put it there. And that is Karnasovis and the new GM that's going to be in place. Well, how much autonomy will they have? Because you know the Reinsdorfs, like I know the Reinsdorfs, in which they love loyalty. Kenny Williams still with the White Sox. And all these other teams around the NBA, if there was a change that's going to be made, there is no reassignment. You're fired. You're fired. And that would be the end of that. But John Paxson has been part of the organization for a long time. As I mentioned, was a terrific broadcaster and a very good assistant coach. And he's been in that chair, and he's not been able to move the meter enough to be able to get the Bulls in a position to win a championship. He has had some pieces, sure, but the one loss record speaks for itself. I don't have to go back chapter and verse over it. You know it like I know it. You can only give a guy an organization so many chances to be able to at least contend. I'm asking for the minimum, contend. I'm I'm looking for a championship at the top because that's the expectation, but contending is the number one thing to try to get up the ladder to get Larry O'Brien's trophy. So it is a question of the autonomy, right? Like how much will this new coaching regime have? Is Paxson in the shadows? Is Gar in the shadows? Gar Foreman can still be with the organization before it's all squared away still as a, as a scout. But remember this. Who made the hiring? It was Jerry Reinsdorf. It was Michael Reinsdorf. And Paxson pretty much had to be part of the process to – Name his successor. That's strong. And that hardly ever happens in sports. Once there's going to be a change, you're fired. There is, you're, you're doing something else. You're not with the organization. But with the Bulls and with the White Sox, it's always different because of the big L, the loyalty. The other thing, too, is I'm thinking about Jim Boylan as a head coach. I'm here to tell you right now, I'll say this name between now and when the NBA returns, whether it's this summer or the fall or whenever it returns, Jim Boylan needs to be replaced. Now, here's where the ego part gets in, right? So if a new if a new staff comes in, new general manager, new basketball operations guy comes in, right? And he immediately says, you know, I think I'm going to change head coaches because we have a young uh, core here and I need to have my own guy and my own staff in. So does the new guy balk at that? Is he allowed to do that right away? Or is Jim Boylan given a chance to stay? See, I know that Jim Boylan is not right for the job. I know he's not. You know he's not either. But now I like to see how this gets played because here's what I don't want. I don't want Kenny Atkinson to be able to go someplace else. I know he's a good coach with Brooklyn. I know he's he's very good with uh, young talent. He's excellent with young talent. That guy should be the head coach of the Bulls right now. Imagine a new GM. Imagine a new president of basketball operations. Imagine a new head coach. The head coach is Kenny Atkinson, who was very good with Brooklyn, but very good with young talent. Excellent with it. Imagine him on the Bulls' sidelines as a coach with the coaching staff. Now you have jump-started something special. Now you're a top-eight team in the East, blessed with good health. And, and the other thing is, when you look at the roster, you think about Laurie Markkinen. I've heard the whispers, like you've heard the whispers about Markkinen. So... Markkinen seems like he wants changes just like you've wanted changes, right? And he doesn't like the the regression of the Bulls last year. I think he's concerned about his ceiling with this team. And there's question marks on if Laurie wants to even stay or not. 
based on what's been going on with the team. So you have to think about the roster as well. I told you about Zach Levine when he first got here. Zach Levine will not be the reason why you win a lot of games. Zach Levine will be part of the reason, but not the main reason. I'm not saying that Zach Levine um, is a loser. I'm not doing that. I'm not giving you that narrative. What I'm telling you is, is that on a good team, Zach Levine is like the third or fourth best player shooting from the outside, explosive to the basket. But if he's the go-to guy, the Bulls are not going to go as far as you'd like for them to go. And there's the rub with the new management. they got to dis- determine players around Zach Levine, players around Kobe White, players around Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr. and others. But Zach cannot be the, the lead guy for that because ultimately you'd be running in place. You'd be Sacramento. You'd be Atlanta. And that's not where the Bulls need to be. The Bulls need to be a top eight team in the East and work their way up with young talent. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. And you, again, you're thinking about Levine's potential. What happens with Levine's potential? That, that's the thing that you're looking at. Um, some thoughts from Bobby Marks. Bobby Marks was on Carmen Yurko, and he is a front office insider for ESPN and ESPN.com. Bobby um, was asked, how big of a project is this Bulls roster? I don't see it like Detroit or Cleveland. You know, we did our future power rankings, um, Kevin Pellin and I, and, you know, they're 23rd. Um, you know, I know that's the bottom 10 there. But I think I think when you look at the roster, um, there are certainly things to work with with your former draft picks there. I think it's important to get kind of Laurie going. Um, you've got Zach to you, Kobe. Wendell, I think there's certainly a, a, um, a foundation there. I think, of course, the big thing will be what you do with your with your head coach, and I think he'll be you know, certainly evaluated over the next next couple months here. But I don't think you're inheriting, you know, an expansion level team here. I think if you hire, if you have the right coach, and you make a couple tweaks, um, I think you'll be, you know, probably a playoff contender come next year. And I think the big thing will be. You know, Chicago's never been in the market for these main guys, right? I mean, I know back in 2010 with LeBron and Wade, but to get to be in, the, you know, have a seat at the table for these A-listers come the 2021 free agency when you have cap space, I think I, I don't think there's any reason why they should shouldn't be able to do that. So I don't think the cupboard's bare. I think there's, there's certainly things to work with. I think injuries have hurt this roster. Um, but I don't put them in light of where, you know, some of these other teams in the, in the bottom of the East are. Thoughts from Bobby Marks, front office insider for ESPN. So let's talk to another uh, front office insider for SiriusXM NBA Radio and ESPN, Amin El Hassan, with his thoughts on the Bulls making changes in the front office. That's next as you're listening to Under the Hood. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports is in your home through your smart speaker. Just ask Alexa or Google to play ESPN Chicago. These are uncertain times, but we at First Midwest Bank remain strong, remain committed to our clients, to our communities. And we want those who are uncertain in these uncertain times to know that even though we currently all need to stay apart, we are all in this together. First Midwest Bank. To learn more about how we're helping our clients adjust through this difficult period, visit firstmidwest.com. Member FDIC. Have you ever heard of eatangus.com? Probably not, because they usually don't sell to the public. My guys at Meets by Lynn's are typically selling 
to the best steakhouses in town. But with everyone stuck at home right now, they're now selling to you. And they're delivering steaks to your house. Go to EatAngus.com. The best steaks you can buy. Please do me a personal favor. Check them out. EatAngus.com. Use code ESPN at checkout for a special Yurko discount. They're proudly family-owned and operated. EatAngus.com. At Speedway, we're here for you with just what you need, right when you need it, ready to go. No matter what, our shelves are stacked, our coolers stocked, our pumps are pumping, and our doors are open. Just like always, you can count on us to get you in, out, and on your way, safely. Because if you need it, we've got it. Whatever keeps you going. And when you stop by, we'll be ready. The convenience stores of Speedway. At CDW, we get that as an IT professional, your hands are full. Our experts can give you the help you need by custom configuring Apple products like the iPad and Mac so they're ready to go right out of the box. Your employees get highly secure devices that feel familiar and operate intuitively, and you'll benefit from easy ongoing management that frees up your hands for other projects. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash apple at work. With McDelivery, McDonald's comes to you. So if you live in a house, apartment, condo, treehouse, or houseboat, your home is now a McDonald's. Order with McDelivery on Uber Eats and DoorDash today. With McDelivery, your home is now a McDonald's. I'm Joe Coy, stand-up comedian, and I'm here to toast my mother. Sam Adams is the best beer for this toast. It's grassroots, it's family. What I take from that is the same thing that I got from my mom. Mom, when you came to this country, it was to give the kids an opportunity that you knew that you would never have. Thank you for everything you sacrificed. So this is for you. I'm so proud of you. And I love you so much. Oh my God, bottoms up. Slow down, lady. That's good. Boston Beer Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Save the flavor responsibly. Here's a message from our sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Right now, we cannot be overwhelmed. We have to work to keep our loved ones safe and protect our communities. We have to work to build new solutions. But for this to work, we have to work together. At ZipRecruiter, we connect employers and people every day. But today, we're partnering with the medical community, manufacturing, and food distribution to find the right people for the right jobs right now. Let's work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. This is Chicago's home for sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand-new ESPN Chicago app. There is a new man in place, Arturis Karnasovas. We turn to Amin Al Hassan from Sirius XM NBA Radio and ESPN. We will talk to Amin about... The new look Chicago Bulls as he joins us here on ESPN 1000. I mean, thanks so much for your time. Oh, no problem. Anytime. How's how's everything with you and, and your family during this uh, this tough time? Before we talk uh, basketball, um, you know we we've been good. Most part, my family's staying at home. It's been, the weather's been nice here in Arizona. I got a big backyard, so the kids, you know, they they have, really haven't felt it that much. They haven't complained much about not being able to leave the house. Um, so they've been all right with it. And I got my parents living with me. And that, that was kind of the, the big thing for me was, you know, the, my, particularly my mother, she, she's, uh, she's got high blood pressure and she's got a, a bunch of other medical conditions. And so we're really worried about someone 
bringing from outside the house, bringing something back, someone being myself. Right. So, right. Uh, but uh, for the most part, yeah, we, we don't go out that often. I might go out every once a couple of weeks to go to the grocery store. Um, and so we've been fine. I, I, I'm, I think I'm actually busier now than I've been before all this shutdown happened because I'm just working on all these different things that I, I never had time for before. Yeah, well, just get ready to loan out one of your rooms to a baseball player because I guess all of baseball will be in in Arizona. That's the plan, which is ridiculous, by the way. Hopefully that'll never happen. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny is is whenever I do go out, you would never know that there's a stay at home happening. Hmm. Like I go outside and it's like there's cars everywhere, and I go to a supermarket and like the parking lot looks reasonably full. I go inside the supermarket, yeah, they've got the, the marks on the floor, so six feet apart and all that. But there's no, I mean, if I, I wouldn't know, I would not know if, if I didn't already know from watching the news and knowing what's going on, I would not know that there was anything going on whenever I leave my house. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Okay, this is this is. I mean, these numbers are real, so I don't know what people think they're doing, but those these deaths and these these numbers are real. But okay, live your life, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the thing I'm saying. I look around I'm like, do y'all not watch the news? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> this is unbelievable. You know, we always hear around a basketball like, yeah, you know, that I mean, Hassan, he's a good basketball man. This guy's a good basketball man. But when it comes to Arturis Karnasovas. Is there anything in particular that makes him unique to this job now overseeing the Chicago Bulls? Well, I think, you know, there's a couple of things. First of all, obviously, he's been around. He's very well credentialed. He, he's, he's, you know, before his great work with the Nuggets, he was with the Rockets, and he did an excellent job there as well. Someone who's, who's been around the game from a front office standpoint. But then when you look at his basketball career, this is a guy that uh, came over before the the Iron Curtain fell, uh, you know, to go play at Seton Hall for P.J. Carlissimo on that Final Four team. Uh, and then in 92, he played on the Lithuanian national team that was really like the Cinderella story, darling story of the 92 Olympics. We all knew that USA basketball was going to demolish everybody. But Lithuania was kind of a feel-good story because they just gained their independence and they threw together this team, obviously built around uh, Arbita Sabonis. Uh, and they were sponsored, I believe, by the Grateful Dead. That's why they had those tie-dye shirts. So they really captured the imagination of a lot of people at the 92 Olympic Games. Uh, and, and, and Arturus was on that team. And so he obviously brings great international bona fides as far as connections and, and, uh, and, and familiarity with prospects and all that. But, again, he's been working here in the NBA for, for many, many years. So he's also kind of a domestic. And he played at, at Seton Hall against a lot of guys that are, are very familiar to us here in, uh, in the NBA. So he's kind of got a best of both worlds thing going on over there. I'm mean, El Hassan from SiriusXM NBA Radio and ESPN with Jonathan Hood. On Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app, um, you know that if it was allowed, that Chicago would be dancing in the streets literally because this is the end now of the Paxson Gar era as far as a front office person that's making the moves. Even though it's still weird, though, I mean, because they're still going to be in the shadows. Like, Pax isn't going anywhere, and Gar, I don't believe, is going anywhere either. I want to ask you what is been the Bulls reputation around the league when you've heard those conversations about the Bulls what has stood out most well I think first of all we got to start with the concept that you know if you have a front office that has been for the most part not 
have not achieved their goal. They've had moments of success, but I think we can all agree the downs have been more plentiful than the ups in Chicago uh, since those uh, gentlemen have been in, in charge. And you're making the decision, say, okay, we need a new direction, we need a new voice. Keeping those old voices around in any capacity to me is just weird because it, it, it shows you, you're not able to, to, to kind of cut the, cut the cord, right? It would be like being in a long-term relationship with someone and then you say, you know what, this relationship doesn't work. Uh, I got to go out and date new people. I found a new person that I, I really want to continue on with. But you can still be my roommate. Like it's just weird. Like, wait, what? What? They're still living in your house? Yeah, but no, no, they're not. They don't have any influence at all. They're just they're just around because you know I like the way they make you know breakfast in the morning. Like that's just weird. It wouldn't. It doesn't. It doesn't ring well. And so I would say I would caution everyone to think that oh everything's going to be awesome and different now because whenever you have those old voices around and are clearly being leaned upon for counsel, well, what's to say that their counsel is going to be yep what he said. Uh, why would they contradict themselves? Because a new a new general manager is going to come in, and a new uh, a new front office, I should say, is going to come in, and they're going to look at a lot of decisions that were made by the prior regime and said, "Yeah, that probably was a mistake. We need to ditch this. We need to move on in a different direction on that." So basically, many of the decisions that are going to be made are a referendum on what the guys before them did. And if you have those people still in the building, it makes it very difficult to move on off of some of those decisions. See, that, that's what, like you're right, the whole thing is weird because Paxson and Gar Foreman, I think to an extent, also had to repl- are replacing their their successors. Like, who does that? Like, it, I mean, if yeah. you're going to let them go, let them go, not in a different part of the, the office or in the hierarchy. They just can't be around. If you want to start fresh, start fresh. But in the interview process, it was the Reinsdorfs. I believe John Paxson was there, and I believe Gar Foreman might have been lurking as well. And it's kind of like, in that spot, though, see, if you're Connor Sovis, are you comfortable with that? Yes, you're moving from Denver to, to Chicago, but if you don't have enough autonomy to be able to make moves without someone tapping you on the shoulder, why is it worth it? Yeah, that's, that's the tough part. It's worth it because there's only 30 of these jobs. You know, yeah. He's got a good job right now in Denver, but he's the number two guy, Tim Connolly is the man who makes the final call there. And so this is Arturis' opportunity to get his own ship, even if there are other captains on the ship, so to speak. And, and the, it's, a, it's a conversation that we have with every first-time you know, uh, basketball GM or president and every first-time head coach is like, is this the job for you? It's like, well, if, it, if it's not this one, then which one is it? Which one is it? Like, who, who am I to say, no, I'll wait for the next one? Uh, because there may not be a next one. And it's, it's the reason why I always joke with uh, my buddy David Griffin, who's the uh, president down in, in New Orleans, that he's the only person in the history of the NBA to turn out three general manager jobs. He went and interviewed and said, ah, not, not, not for me. It might have been more. It might be more. Uh, I think it might have been more like four or five. So, um, you know, Griff has been incredibly fortunate in the, in the sense that he ended up on his on his feet and in the sense that he got what he was looking for. He, t- he said no to a lot of those jobs because he was looking for a situation like the one he found in New Orleans. But the reality is that's not that's not a realistic uh, approach for most other people. 
with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. It's Under the Hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. We turn to Amin Al Hassan from Sirius XM NBA Radio and ESPN. Before I ask you about the roster, I just found it uh, uh, interesting, and I got some calls on this yesterday about um, the the hiring process for the Bulls amongst other teams as far as uh, bringing minority candidates into the room. Uh, my understanding, in some ways, I mean, with the Rooney Rule in the NFL and the NBA and any other hiring process is. For for me or for you, it's about the interview. Like I know that as a general manager or as a president of basketball operations, you have the choice to be able to hire who you want. You think that someone's more relatable because you think they have a, a good a golf game as you, or you have the same connections. That's cool. But I still am of the belief that you have to at least give me an op- opportunity to talk to you. And um, you know, there's a lot of uh, flack from um, from Mark Spears and Vincent Goodwill. And them holding it up to the light saying, hey, you know, why don't you have an opportunity to talk to people of color? And there's a lot of pushback with that online. And I'm thinking, if nothing else, you should be allowed to be able to have that conversation. There's so many others that have been assistant GMs and have been underneath trying to get the opportunity. And I think that if nothing else, you should have the opportunity to at least interview. Maybe I could change your mind, even if you have somebody in place. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's absolutely right. First of all, how can you say you got the man, the best man for the job when you or the best person, excuse me, for the job when you you basically cut out a massive segment of uh, of the candidates, right? Mm-hmm. You don't even know, uh, especially in a league where uh, the majority of the players are uh, of African American descent. Like it just it is kind of a slap in the face. To not even, like you said, it's not that you have to give a job to a black guy. Just a, you wouldn't even talk to anybody. You couldn't even pick up the phone. Especially in this era, uh, what we're in, in these, in these weeks that we've been in, where no one's flying anywhere. So literally, it's just picking up a phone. It is literally just picking up. You couldn't even do that. You could not even pick up a phone. Now, Vincent Goodwill had in his, his story that they requested Troy Weaver and w- were denied by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, that's one. There was no other. That's it? So Troy's the only one. And we know that's not the case because, as you said, and Mark wrote it about it very well in his his piece for the Undefeated. How many different uh, guys who are more than qualified, more than qualified for what? What we're saying to get asked to have a conversation, just just to figure something out. Maybe it's not even for this job. Maybe it's something down the line. You never know. You should never turn down an opportunity to talk to somebody who's qualified because you never know what it might turn into. Might turn into an opportunity now. Might turn into an opportunity later. And it was kind of. It was kind of confusing, but I'll tell you the big thing. The big thing was when people saw that Danny Ferry's name was on the list. Oh, my God. That's the part, I think, that upset a lot of people. And I know it upset me as well because, you know, beyond the, the specifics of why Danny Ferry, I don't think, should ever be in charge again. I'm not saying the man should never have a job, but I, I don't think he should be in charge of an NBA team again uh, after, you know, the comments that he made about Luol Deng during a, a, a conversation about the intel report um beyond that and by the way luol is a very beloved player in chicago so that would be an extra thing against danny ferry it's the feeling that i'll give you a great example uh joe dumars won a championship joe dumars built a contender in a small market on a limited budget right joe Mm -hmm. dumars didn't have top you know uh 
top flight free agents coming to his team. But he built a winner. And then towards the end, he made mistakes, as all front offices do, and, and the team lost its way. And Joe Dumars has never been heard from again. Danny Ferry has as bad of a mess up as he does. And this guy, not only did he interview for this job, but remember, he also interviewed for the New Orleans job. He was their interim after they let go of Dell Demps. So it's just amazing that some people can get multiple chances after really huge red flag incidents on their resume. And someone like Joe Dumars can't even get a call. And, and, and the same goes for so many of those other great qualified candidates out there who are just they keep being told that they got to wait their turn. I, I mean, we hired Dumars, but I mean, the whole Darko thing, that was pretty scary. They're going to hold that against him forever? <laughs> but, like, okay, so but what about all the other things that he did well? What about right. all the other great draft picks that he did? What about, all, all the, like, Tayshaun Prince at 20-whatever? And and uh, uh, Mehmet Okor as a second-round pick. And he's got a long resume. Everybody's got some flops. Right. I mean, I'll play you some Jay-Z songs that weren't very good. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, the, the idea is the body of work is that of someone who at least deserves another chance. No, I agree with you. I mean, El Hassan with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. What do you um, What do you like about the Bulls roster? Because now that you know Karnasovas steps in, and there's going to be someone else too. This is not going to be just a one and done. I'm hearing Nazi Muhammad. I'm hearing other names that's, that's around this Bulls job that will be the general manager or or something. So it'll be more than just this hire here. But what do you think of how they will view the roster currently for the Bulls? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, well, first of all, you, you, you have to feel a little, uh, you, you you're not comfortable with the Laurie Markkinen news that came out uh, the other day that, you know, unless there are changes that he's going to want out. Uh, it, I'm not saying that Laurie Markkinen is a, a future Hall of Famer, but he's a, a good young prospect, and that's, that's what you want to build your team around. Um, they've got some... Some some vets in, in Thad Young and Otto Porter that are you know that they're making considerable amount of money, but overall their their books are pretty flexible. And the big thing is they've got Zach Levine under contract for the next couple of years, so that gives them some leeway to work with. But I think ultimately you're going to have to. This is a roster that I don't see kind of next level talent emerging. Maybe Markinen is a guy that can can take a leap, but other than him, I think everyone's kind of a are who they are type player. And so they're going to have to go out there and bring in some talent while also bringing a structure that I don't think has been has been present. I think Coach Boylan has tried to do that, and they've tried to support him in that, but I don't think his approach has worked. And so the, the, I think the conversation will go immediately to, okay, how can we upgrade this roster is one. And two, is our co- are we on board with who our coach is? Or do we need to make a change in that department? And again, if you are Arturis and you say, I think we should make a change in that department, do you think Paxson and Foreman, if they're still around, they're like, yeah, you're right, he was a terrible coach. Or are they going to say, no, 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 he's good. And that, so it, that's, that's, that's the kind of struggle we were talking about earlier where every decision you make that's going to be a departure from what they've done has to be met with at least some resistance. Otherwise, you'd have to ask them, well, why'd you do it if you were so ready to, to bail on it? Yeah, these are the big questions. Like, Jim Boylan's a boob. 
Um, I wouldn't say that on I wouldn't say that on NBA radio with you, but I would say it here. Uh, but <laughs> see, I can all these different hats. You, it's all, they have to kind of change the way you say things. I mean, see, like here, mm-hmm. I can tell you he's a boob on Sirius X. It was like, well, he's had struggles in Chicago. That's what I would say with you on NBA radio. Uh, but but no, but I I just look at it as if you really want to move forward here, uh, how, how how good of a fit would Kenny Atkinson be with the Bulls? I think Kenny Atkinson would be a, an amazing fit because he's a guy with a proven track record of taking young players, developing in them, developing them, bringing discipline, bringing structure. Um, he's a no-nonsense guy, uh, but he's also fair. I think Kenny would be great. I, I, another name, if we're going to go off the board of guys who have been head coaches in this league, I'd love to see David Vanterpool get a shot. He's currently uh, an assistant coach with the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was in Portland for a long time before that. Uh, he worked with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and all those guys. He also has a track record of developing players, much as Kenny Atkinson did when he was an assistant coach before he got his first shot. I love to see Vanderpool get a get a chance uh, to lead a club. Yeah, there's those are some good names because ultimately it, it comes down to the young core for this team, like Zach Levine. And this is a a long conversation, but I'll just ask you this regarding Levine. I, I think. You know, it was up to the Bulls to match the offer that Sacramento put out there. And I just thought that Zach Levine is a nice player, would probably be the third best player on a good team. But on this team, he shoots a lot because he has to. Because look at the roster, right? And so it, he he becomes the heavy in this. I mean, where people are looking at him like, wow, you know, he shoots you out of games and all that. But he's he's doing the best he can. I just don't think that he's a fit here as a one as a number one guy, go-to guy. I don't think that he's that guy for this team. Yeah, I think Zach Levine is a great example of a good player. I don't know if you can win with him as your best player. Um, and I don't know, I also don't know if he would accept not being your best player, other than if you got LeBron or someone where it's clear. But uh, I don't know if I brought in a, another player who he would look at as a peer, but you know we would look at it as, no, no, that's the guy. Um, and the good thing about him is he's under contract and it's a reasonable contract and in, and he is productive in terms of individual statistics. Um, but yeah, if I were if I were Arturis, that'd be one of the first things I'd start talking about is can we bring in someone better than him so that Zach can fulfill a role that's more suited to who he should be, or is he the trade piece to get that kind of player because he's under contract because it's a reasonable deal and because he puts up good numbers. I'm glad you spent some time with me, and I just want to get your thoughts because uh, Bulls fans are celebrating that there's something new. There's, there's something new happening here, at least as far as we could tell, new faces of the organization and Pax and Gar are not. I think it all stems from first take, by the way, when when they came to Chicago for <laughs> on first take and the fans are chanting, you know, fire Gar Pax. And you had Stephen A. said, quiet down, keep it down. <laughs> You know, when when you, when, he's, when you got to do that, that means everybody knows that they were bad in the job and underachieved. So here we go. We're we're happy something new is hey. going to happen. Hey, maybe they get maybe they get the Jerry Cross treatment. They get reassigned to the White Sox. <laughs> Probably. Well, that's how it works here. All I know is that Carlos Solis, he might he doesn't have to rent. He has to buy here because he'll be in the job for twenty five years. That's that's how it works here. <laughs> so he'll retire hey, here. Man, I'm just telling you. Maybe I should have thrown my name in the ring. That kind of job security. <laughs> you yeah, if they would have hired you, you would have been old and gray, great, you know, old like aging like a president here. That's what I would have been like. No, 
I would I would I would have taken it down and told him, but I'll do it from Phoenix. <laughs> We're all teleconferencing anyway. I don't need to be there. <laughs> hey man, as always, I appreciate your perspective. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem, anytime. It is uh, Amin El Hassan from Series Six NBA Radio and ESPN with us as we talk Bulls basketball right here on ESPN One Thousand. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.